Let's um, put it in the key of F, I believe it is. Um, I think it's our Lord is coming back to earth again. Oh, my Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. And Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no time. Jesus shall come back to earth again. I am watching for the coming of the millennial day. When our blessed Lord shall come and catch his waiting bride away. Oh, my heart is filled with rapture as I labor, watch, and pray. For the Lord is coming back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand After Jesus shall come back to earth again Jesus coming back will be the answer to the earth's cry For the knowledge of the Lord shall fill the earth and sea and sky God shall take away all sickness and the sufferer's tears and cry When our Savior shall come back to earth again Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Oh, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Yes, our Lord is coming back to earth again. Satan will be bound a thousand years. We'll have no tempter then. After Jesus shall come back to earth again. Amen. I'm glad he's coming back one day and it's not uh, not too long, I don't think. Let's put it back in the key of C. I'm moving a little quick here just uh, due to the order of the service this evening. But uh, let's just sing this song. It is no secret what God can do before we uh, move to take our prayer request this evening. It is no secret what God can do.
you would continue to play that softly. You may have your seats for just a few moments. We just want to bring a few needs before the Lord this evening. And if I could have Brother Ben come up after I finish reading these prayer requests. Uh, we just want to remember the pews who are not with us. They are traveling to Florida for a funeral. Uh, so we just want to remember them and the family uh, in that time of need. Uh, we also want to remember Sister Ashong, um, who is having severe pain in her ankle. So we just want to remember her. Um, also, just remember Brother Barry and Sister Becky. They are just traveling this evening, not able to be here. So we just want to remember them. And um, also, uh, just remember several members of my family uh, who are just dealing with sickness, uh, including my grandmother, uh, my father, and my mother, and uh, my Aunt Karen. Uh, we just want to remember them, that the Lord would just touch them. Um, and uh, I also have a very special prayer request here from uh, Megan and her family up in Indiana. Uh, they found out that her youngest sister, uh, Lauren, is diagnosed with stage 3 Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, she's 23 years old almost, and so uh, we just want to remember her in prayer. But... We know a God who can touch that need, and we are believing that he will touch her and heal her completely and give her a testimony with it. So, But just remember those needs, and uh, if you would stand with me at this time, Brother Ben, if you would come forward. sisters father of like precious faith and just to be able to gather and to worship father and then to hear your word and lord uh, we're truly a needy people father um, these prayer requests are brother mitch mentioned father and a lot of folks it looks like are missing tonight lord jesus you know each of the situation father and lord we just ask that you will go with uh, each of them, Father, just remembering the drums, Father, and the, the smiths, Father, Lord, we just continue, Lord, that you will um, touch them, Father, and uh, our sister Megan's uh, younger sister, Father, Lord, Lord Jesus, we just ask that you will go and touch that young lady, Father, and have your way, Lord Jesus. We know you're a healer. We've seen you cure cancer father lord we've seen you take dire situations father and use them for your glory and lord we just ask father that you would have your way in that situation lord we ask that you'll continue to be with our brother mitch as he leads us in worship tonight father lord and as the word comes forth lord help us to do our part lord jesus to pull on the minister and to encourage them father so that our hearts Lord, are filled, and that you will help us to be closer to you. We ask it all in your name, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. And now uh, we have a few specials, so we'll go ahead and have them come forward. I'll go ahead and call Sister Grace up. Uh, I believe she has a special. And then as soon as she's finished, um, we have Sister Abby McCafferty, who's going to sing a special. So if you would be ready as soon as she's done, just come on up. And then uh, finally, we have uh, Brother Sean, who's going to sing a special for us, too. So just as soon as they're done, just come on up.
tears begin to fall. There must be a reason for it all. Redeemer Mother Ray, the Lord will never waste our pain. He brings beauty out of brokenness and hope to our heartache. Healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world. We'll never walk through trust in vain. Is the Redeemer of the rain. Every problem that we face. Lifted by the Father Through hands of grace He uses sorrow to draw us To call us closer to His side It's in the middle of the storm We learn to trust But He is always watching over the rain, the Lord will never waste our pain, He brings beauty out of brokenness, and hope to our heartache, oh, healing out of every hurt that invades our shattered world, but we'll never walk through trials in vain. The Redeemer of the rain. Oh, dark days we walk through, and we'll lead a path for others, leading them to Redeemer of the rain. That invades our shattered world We'll never walk through trust in vain Oh, for we know His mercy is long enough to say He's the Redeemer of the rest you would just stand with me at this time ushers if you would come forward and we'll take up our tithes and offering this evening let's put it in the key of brother chris if you would pray
And let's sing that song, So Glad I'm Yours, just as the minister comes this evening. So glad I'm yours, Lord. So this evening. Amen. It's good to be in this house. Good to see each one of you here tonight. You can be seated for just a moment. Um, I think my wife may have a song and uh, she can find a volunteer to hold that feisty little girl back there. I want to just give a quick testimony if I could while she's making her way here. Um, This year in June, my wife and I will celebrate 23 years of marriage and uh, through all that time, we've never been able to have children but um i guess it was some two years ago um when our now she's our daughter when she was born my wife just had a just a um she just knew somehow this was going to work out for her to be our child so uh, we after she was born came home we began caring for her and it took some time took took the lord working and uh, but in November, right before her second birthday, the, the adoption was finalized. 
So we thank the Lord for that, for giving us that privilege. We'll just worship the Lord together uh, just another moment before we go into the word tonight.
Amen. How many of you can testify to that tonight? Amen. Let's stand, if you will, and open your Bibles to St. John chapter 20. I want to say it's a real honor that uh, Brother Barry would ask me to minister tonight, especially with him being away, that uh, when a pastor will do that, it shows a lot of trust and confidence. And uh, It's good to be back among many of you tonight who are neighbors and friends and long time. We've grown up together and uh, never, never knew in our teenage years, Brother Jared, that we'd still be here on the earth in 2023 in our 40s with grown children and all these things, but God's still the same God he was then, and we're just, we're even closer to the coming of the Lord than we were back then, and thankful that reality grows with each passing day. So, um, just good to be with you this evening, and you know, I can't say anything that would be a help to you tonight, but if the Lord would just come by our way and speak, one word from him will make all the difference. So let's go to him in prayer this evening. If you have a need in your heart, something you're desiring from the Lord, just lift that before him and let's approach him in faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, we count it a, a privilege and an honor each time we can gather with saints of like precious faith. Lord, where you promised to come and join with us, And we ask you, Lord, to be the most prominent, Lord, person, the most, the greatest one in our midst this evening, Lord. May each of us as individuals, Lord, fade from view. Lord, our desire is for you to be lifted, glorified, and honored in our midst this evening. And Lord, we give you the glory and the praise. The the atmosphere has been created, Lord, by worship that comes from our hearts. Because when we look back down the path of our lives, so many times, Lord, we found ourselves in situations, Lord, where there was no way out except for you to come on the scene and make a way. Lord, we're depending upon you. Lord, you said in your word that he that hath begun a good work in you will be faithful to perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. And that's where our faith, that's where our trust and confidence lies tonight, this evening. We ask you, Lord, to come now. Lord, and do what only you can do. Break the bread of life to our hearts. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, and quicken our faith, Lord God, to know you, to see you, to believe and trust you, Lord, in a greater way. And we realize, Lord, the things, Lord, that that cling to our lives or the things, Lord, that weaken our faith or the things, Father God, that we we would like to shake loose of. God will fade and, and disappear, Lord, when we can just get into the, the light of the radiance of your glory, Lord, and our, our, it will, Lord, it will quicken what you have placed within us. Bring us closer to you, Father God. That's our desire. Lord, bless Brother Barry tonight. The, the members of this assembly, Lord, those who are not present this evening, you know their desire, Lord. And we know your Holy Spirit can be omnipresent, Lord. You can go right there, Lord, to where they are and where whatever they're needing, Lord, you can touch it. We ask you, Lord, to do that. And we thank you for it and we give you the praise and the honor and the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to read in St. John chapter 20, just two verses of scripture here. And then in Song of Solomon, chapter 6. But in St. John 20, we read here in verse 13. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, my Lord, and I know not 
where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. We'll come back to this portion of scripture, but I also want to read from Song of Solomon chapter 6. I'm sure you've heard this quoted many times. But the first half of this verse says, I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Amen. I want to speak tonight on mine. He's mine. Amen. You can be seated this evening. You know, our little daughter back there, Alyssa, she's learning to say some words and some phrases and different things. And um, I was I was very proud when one of the first things she learned to say was Dada. And so her mother worked with her long and hard till some weeks or months later, she could also say Mama. But, uh, you know, she's learning to, how not only to say things, but what those things mean and how to put them into a proper context. But one of the things she'll say now is mine, mine. And when she says that, usually she's clutching it and one or two hands. And it's amazing how much strength it takes from a full-grown person to pry that out of those little tiny fingers. Because in her mind, she's convinced whatever that is she's holding on to has become hers. And so she's not letting go of it. And I began to think about that a little bit. And I thought, you know, it, it changes things when you are convinced that something is yours. You know, if you went out tonight and, and after this service were to stop in and grab some groceries at a, at a local store or Walmart and, and you come back out into the parking lot and there's a, a band of, uh, of thieves, you know, just tearing a car apart, slashing the tires, busting the windows out of it, all this commotion going on, you know, you're probably going to try to make a broad path around whatever's going on there and, and not get involved and, 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 and not draw attention to yourself as long as you think who uh, that vehicle that's getting trashed belongs to somebody else. But if you should realize that's your car, that's your, that's your way to get home, that's your property, then it changes everything about the way you look at that situation and the way you enter into it. Because if it's yours and you've got claims to it, then you've got a right to defend it. Amen. You've got a right to tell those thieves, hey, that's mine. Get away from it. That doesn't belong to you. You know, if you call the local authorities, they are going to be on your side because you have ownership of that property. You, you, that's something, amen, that you know is yours and you're not going to let somebody else come in and tamper with it or abuse it. Amen. Or, or, or just have their way with it because you know it belongs to you. And so I, I think that's, that's, you know, that changes everything when you compare the spiritual to the natural. Amen. A lot of times I think we, we just kind of float along in our Christian journey and we don't realize how much of the word of God or the promises of God are for us. They are ours. They were, they were written for us. They were, they were purchased for us. They were given to us. But until that realization really settles into your heart, many times we stop short, amen, of entering into the fullness of God's promises and God has given it. God's desire is for us to have it. Amen. But something has to quicken your faith, Sister Tracy, to make you convinced that is yours and you're going to push off every devil, every lying spirit, everything that stands 
stands between you and receiving what you have become convinced belongs to you. You know, when it's yours, you cherish it. You look out for it. You defend it. You make it a priority. Amen. You're attached to it. Amen. It's, it's become a, a part of you or a part of what you possess. And, and I don't know if we've got any young married couples in here tonight. Maybe we do or we got some that are about to be married. But, you know, things change when that becomes your wife and that becomes your husband. You know, as long as it's courtship or friendship or dating, you know, uh, it's, it's different than when they become your wife or your husband. When you're dating and just friends, you know, some other man may come along and, 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 uh, you know, catch the attention of, of your girlfriend or, uh, some other, you know, attractive young sister may come along and start batting her eyes or, you know, make it being flirting or something like that. And you, and you know, it's, it's, if it's just, you know, your brother in Christ or your sister in Christ or your friend, you know, it doesn't affect you whatsoever. But after they become your wife, and your husband, and you have pledged your love to each other. Amen. And you've made that vow at the altar in sickness or in death, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. Amen. Till death do us part. That's my husband. That's my wife. Then it changes everything. Amen. The next time, you know, some, some, uh, some waitress flirts with your husband, something rises up from him within you. Amen. It's not even a, a conscious reaction. It's something, you know, your, your blood pressure begins to rise. You feel a, 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 a heat waves going over your body. Something is stirring up within you and it should. It should. Amen. Because that is your husband. That is, that is your companion. Amen. Amen. You've joined together. Amen. Body and soul and spirit have merged into one. Amen. And, and when you feel threatened, amen, by an outside attack, there's something that rises up in you and said, wait a minute. That's my wife. That's my husband. Amen. That's who I'm going home with tonight and get off. Uh, yeah, just put your eyes on something else. Amen. That is, that belongs to me. Amen. And you know, here's something else I want to say. When you belong to somebody, when you belong to Jesus, you're his and you become his property and he looks at you the same way. And the moment the devil even looks in your direction, brother and sister, something rises up within the heart of God. Amen. Something, I mean, he just has to make one glance over at the devil and the devil realizes, oh, that one's spoken for Hallelujah. Amen. I want to tell you something tonight. You're not defenseless. You are not fatherless or motherless or loverless. God loves you so much. Amen. He gave his life on Calvary and bled and died for you. Amen. And you become his property. Amen. He is defending for you. He's looking out for you. The least of your needs is his greatest desire. Amen. Just trying to get, uh, trying to get some momentum here, but I was, I was ministering on this recently and I said, you know, if you, um, if you were a, a, a wealthy person, maybe you had hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in wealth and assets, or you were a millionaire, just I- any one of you tonight, and, and you, you, know, you said, I want to I buy a stock. I want to make an investment. And, and you're looking at a stock, and, and you say, you know, uh, I, I'm thinking about Boeing, or I'm thinking about uh, SpaceX, or you know, one of these publicly traded stocks and, and you want to make an investment. Well, you know, you could actually go and invest hundreds of thousands or even possibly millions of dollars in that 
stock. And I don't know how much it even increases the worth of that stock by you having interest in it. But someone by the name of Warren Buffett is known worldwide and for decades as a brilliant investor. And even his interest in a stock will make the value of that stock begin to climb. As soon as people know Warren Buffett is looking at possibly taking on a part of this company, amen, it raises the value of it. You see, the value is not in the stock itself, but the value is in who owns it and who it belongs to. So you in and of yourself may not be worth very much, but somebody saw value in you. And by them taking interest of you, amen, and taking you on, amen, as his bride, amen, as one of his redeemed subjects, amen, it made you worth more, amen, than anything that can be numbered or quantified in worldly terms. So you can tell the devil tonight, amen, you're not dealing with me. It's not even who I am, but it's who I belong to. I am my beloved's and he is mine. Hallelujah, we have been joined together so there is no difference between his worth and my worth. Amen. And, and when that becomes a reality, then it, it, will, it will change the way you walk through life. It changes the way you, you conduct yourself. So you, you pursue things. You, you, you deal with things with, with a different zeal. And you know, it's, it's, it's that way with, with our little girl back there, my, my little girl Alyssa. She's mine. And you know, I, uh, I've, and coming in now, I'm, I'm a, I'm a young parent. I've only done this for about two years now, but for, for decades, uh, I'm 45 years old. For most of my life, I've helped raise other people's children or my own siblings because I'm the second oldest of seven. And so, uh, one bad tendency I have is to want to discipline or correct children that are not my own. And that's something that you just kind of grow used to when you come out of the era that I came out of. Uh, we were all kind of raised in a community. And if, if we went, you know, to stay at someone's house between services, they'd say, look, uh, if, if, if you don't take care of my wheel when we get them back. And, and so we just, that's just how it was back then some years ago. Amen. But the thing about it is I'm responsible for my child. Amen. She is my, uh, she is my responsibility. Amen. And so when, when, when she's out there acting up, you know, I, I can't ignore her. She's mine. Amen. So I, I, I have to give an answer for how she behaves. Amen. And if she's out there cutting up, eventually I have to leave what I'm doing and say, I'm sorry, this one's mine. I'll take her. I'll discipline her. I'm so thankful the Lord did that for me one day. I didn't even really know who I belonged to, but Jesus said, this one's mine. Amen. I'm going to take, you know, I had friends tell me when I was 17, 18, 19 years old, I started working public jobs and, and, uh, so associating more with, with people who I, who were not raised the way I was raised or believed the way I believed. And so my tendency was to try to fit in my tendency, you know, I might, uh, I might laugh at a joke or, you know, just try to blend in. And, and, and th- what the thing about it is, they realized I didn't fit in. More so even than I did. And so in essence, I guess if they could have told me anything was, Tim, be who you are. 
Don't try to jive or don't try to blend. Don't, don't try to, you know, move uh, or shift over from the way you've been raised to the way we are. Because, you know, uh, uh, they, they didn't make me feel comfortable and I didn't make them feel comfortable trying to be in their company. Amen. Where I was raised and what I was born into, amen, was a fit for me. And what I had to realize uh, somewhere uh, in my early or excuse me, in my late teens was that I wasn't who I was because of the way my parents had raised me. I wasn't who I was, amen, because of the environment I had grown up in. It had not been indoctrinated into me. It had not been instilled in me by some external forces or sources, but I was a son of God the entire time, amen. And God had ordained this path for my life, amen, to protect me and to shelter me from things that would have either ruined my testimony, amen, or taken me away from who God had ordained me to be. But we all have to come to that place. Amen. No matter how well you're raised or what environment you come up in, good or bad, amen, you have to realize who you are and whose you are. I'm going to try to be conscious of the time tonight. It's, it's Wednesday night. And I, I realize that. But let's, let's go into some of the scriptures here. Uh, let's look at St. John chapter 16. St. John 16, beginning at verse 32. Now, Jesus at this time is approaching what is to be uh, the the climax of his ministry, approaching his crucifixion, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. So he's now preparing his disciples, amen, for what is about to take place. And he says, Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, because the Father is with me. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation." But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And he goes on and he says, These words spake Jesus in verse 1 of chapter 17. As he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son that thy son also may glorify thee. And as thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life. To as many as thou hast given him. Are you catching that? And this is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, which the glory which I had with thee. Before the world was. He knew who he was. Regardless of what the world realized. He knew who he was. Where he was. Where he was going. And where he would end up. Now the thing about it is. This realization strikes every son and daughter of God. 
at some point in their Christian journey. And when it does, there is very little the devil can do with them. He can buffet. He can try them. Amen. He can afflict them. He can do all manner of things. He still has ends. Amen. But he can never recapture the dominion of their soul. Amen. Because something has anchored down on the inside. Amen. That is a rock. Amen. That cannot be moved. That's why when Simon Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God, he said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood, my own person didn't reveal to you this to you, but my father, which is in heaven and upon this rock, upon this basis, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. I have manifested my name, verse 6, unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now that they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one, even as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves." I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou wouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I want to preach with every verse I come to, but I can't. I think the Holy Spirit can just preach it right into your heart. Amen. We're, we're not looking necessarily for deliverance from this world. But we're looking for overcoming power to indwell us that the world will have no more dominion over us than it did over Jesus Christ himself. Amen. That's real overcoming power. Amen. You know, I, I, I think, and I've just been in my Bible, daily Bible reading, reading uh, the uh, Deuteronomy, which is Moses' account of their journey from Israel through the wilderness into the promised land. And I, and I say it like this. Israel had to realize they were passing through a lot of nations, a lot of lands, a lot of kingdoms. Amen. Many of them greater and mightier and, and more prosperous and all of these things. But God told them, you are passing through on your way to Amen. Don't, don't, uh, don't, uh, uh, don't loan, don't borrow. Amen. Don't, uh, don't get indebted. Amen. Make no claims. Don't make any claims on them and don't let them have any claims on you. You are only traveling through their territory on the way to your territory. 
So that's something you have to remember, amen. Don't become too ingrained or too familiar or too comfortable, amen, with the world around you because this world is not our home. Amen. But we are, we are being led. We are being, uh, uh, we are being driven. Amen. By a dominant force. Amen. That made greater nations than Israel fear them because of the God that was on their side. And I'm way off my notes here, but you'll, you'll, you'll recall that when, uh, the spies went into Canaan and Rahab spoke with them, she said, we've heard of the things that your God has done. To the kings of the Amorites and Sihon and Og and all these lands. Amen. Their, their reputation preceded them. But yet among those victorious Israelites were some, amen, who having seen the promised land were conquered in their own minds and said, we are as grasshoppers in their sight. Their self image was smaller then the fear of the enemy, the enemy feared them more than they realized. But the enemy, amen, wasn't the enemy behind the walls of Canaan. The real enemy was the one in their minds that was able to reduce their self-image, amen, to something they could see when they would look in a natural mirror and they were comparing that to what their natural eyesight was telling them dwelled in that land. And God said, don't look in the natural mirror. Look in the promise of my word. God has staked his reputation on the success of those that he has purposed to deliver. Hallelujah. Pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them. The God that sent him was in him. I remember the very first time I heard Brother Barry Coffey minister. He talked about how, you know, if, if he were trying to show me or tell me how to get from Somewhere to some place I'd never been. He said, you could, I could give you a road map. I could give you detailed instructions. Or I could just say, I'll go with you. I'll accompany you. So just in case you don't fully understand the road map or you make a wrong turn, I can be right there. That's how God does. He didn't just give us a road map. He said, I'll be with you, even in you, even to the end of the world. So the Holy Spirit is the inner guide to draw the context from the word of God for you as an individual to know how to make your Christian journey here upon the earth. Amen. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Neither pray I for these alone. But for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee. That they also may be one in us. And the world may believe that thou hast sent me. See you are the proof. You are the greatest vindication. You know Jesus ministry. There were. How can I say this? There were stories. There were miracles. There were testimonies. There were accounts. That lived on after Jesus left the earth in a bodily form. But the greatest 
witness to his ministry was his ongoing ministry through those, amen, who became the benefactors of what his life and death and burial, resurrection and ascension made possible. And that was the continuation of his life here on the earth. And that's why when that old uh, era, uh, aristocratic apostle Saul thought he was doing God a favor, God said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? The very Jehovah of the Old Testament had lived in Jesus Christ, amen, and now had come back in spirit form and dwelling in a many-membered body. And he was letting Saul know, hey, and when you persecute the least of one of those, that's me. That's mine. He's taking personal ownership and possession, amen, of these people. And to them, the Bible and the Old Testament and Moses' commandments and Isaiah's prophecies was more than just words on a page. It was more than just stories. It was a living reality. And that's why Peter could come out of the upper room and say, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. Behold, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. It connected him into the prophecy. So there was no difference. We are the lived prophecy of Malachi 4. Amen. It's not on books and tapes alone. It's living out in the lives of a people, amen, whose lives have been transformed by that word. Hallelujah. Oh, my. That they all may be one, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved me, hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. For thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Over in St. John 15, I know I'm moving around a bit. Jesus pulled his disciples to the side. And he said, henceforth, I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring, go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. What is he giving him here, brother? A blank check. And he's putting his name along with it. Now, a name is an identity. Amen. But it, but it deals, it's, it goes a little deeper than that. You know, today in the world we live in, uh, you could be declared bankrupt. Uh, something could happen where you couldn't pay your bills and all your earthly possessions could be taken. Your bank accounts could be uh, frozen. Amen. And, 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 you, and you could be as poor as Job's turkey, as the expression goes. But one thing that the world can never take from you is the reputation that accompanies your name. 
And so the name of God is expressed as the power of God, which is there to back the promises of God. Amen. So when you do something now, when you ask for something in the name of the Lord Jesus, it has to be in accordance with his will. I wouldn't go asking for a Learjet or a fleet of Cadillacs or a a million dollar home. I could not really ask in faith. Amen. But when you're asking for healing... When you're asking for salvation, amen, when you're asking for deliverance, you can ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you have taken on his name in water baptism, and then subsequently he has baptized you with his spirit, amen, that's not just you claiming him, that's him placing claims on you. He has joined you into his name that whatsoever things you ask in my name. I will do it because you are now the emissary or the ambassador of his kingdom here on the earth. And you know what? This is what we live in one of the richest nations on the earth. And I will guarantee you this. We don't have any poor ambassadors. We don't have any poor emissaries. They may be in the most remote region of the world, Brother Jaron, but they have the backing of the wealthiest nation in the country. Before they could be poor, our gold would have to fail. Our stock market would have to crash. This entire nation would have to be bankrupted before one of its representatives or ambassadors would go without a meal or go without shoes or go penniless no matter what portion of the world they're in. How much more, brother and sister, those that have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are an emissary of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And he sent you into the world. Hallelujah. You should lack nothing. But everything is at your disposal. Write the check. Ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. And he is glorified in the fulfillment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So here we have Mary. I just want to get to my text tonight. We have Mary. Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried. He was placed within a tomb and the Roman soldiers moved a great stone up to the door to block the access. And I love this. I don't want to spend too much time here, but I love this. This could be one of my favorite portions of scripture because here, here is an individual. Here's a woman who had something in her heart that she desired to do for the Lord and was determined to do it. She was persistent. Nothing was going to stop her. And she had this, this great zeal, this determination, even though she could expect nothing in return. It wasn't now, this act of worship wasn't about what he could do for her. Because as far as she knew, he had been killed, he had been buried, he was a corpse. But she was there for her final chance to give him what she felt he deserved. So she gets up early in the morning. She prepares those ointments and those spices and all that that consisted of. And she makes her way out before the breaking of the dawn. And she goes to the tomb and the scene is changed. The stone isn't there at the door. 
Amen. The, the, the body uh, isn't there. So she goes back and she uh, gets two of his, you know, uh, greatest disciples, Peter and John. What f- uh, love and, and faith or hope. And she brings Peter and John to the tomb. And, and, and they, the scriptures give the account here in just uh, the, the prior verses of chapter 20. They walk up and they see an empty tomb and they just turn and walk away. Well, we don't know what's happened, but he's not there. And that's it. They go back. They go back to moping. They go back to uh, discouragement. They go back to depression. They, they go back, you know, Peter went back fishing. They just, everything was over when he was taken from their presence and from their midst. But for her, it wasn't over. Because now it wasn't about what he could do for her. She had something she was determined to do for him. And I think this is how we should approach every church service. This is not about what I'm going to get out of it. This is tonight is about what I feel belongs to him. I'm going to give him my utmost worship, the highest praise. I'm going to give God my very best. doesn't matter what the song leader does, who the preacher is, what the weather's like, what the day was like. This is about him. And I'm here to do something on his behalf for his glory. And that determination made her take one more look. Now remember, Jesus wasn't a popular figure. He was a heretic. He was an illegitimate son born out of wedlock. All the rumors were swirling. He was not a popular move to follow. But here's a woman who that means nothing. It's not about her reputation, amen, or what the world thinks. She's determined, I'm just going to stay here until I'm in his presence one more time. Brother and sister, that determination will get results. When you come with that attitude and that approach to God, it'll bring results. Mary stood without At the sepulcher weeping. I'm in verse 11 of chapter 20. And as she wept. She stooped down. And looked into the sepulcher. Now she's taking another look. I just want to say this tonight. Before you leave and walk away. Take another look. Don't follow everybody else. Take another look. And they And seeth, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. So now something supernatural is developing to one little woman who just wouldn't give up and turn away. And they saith unto her, woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, because they have taken away my Lord. He was my Lord. I don't care what the world, I don't care what the tabloids, I don't care what the websites say. I don't care that his other disciples have turned and walked away. He was my Lord. He healed me. He delivered me. He cast out seven devils out of me. He transformed my life. He is my life. He's my everything. He's my all. They've taken away my Lord. And I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing. He'll never 
disappoint the faith of one of his own. But she knew not it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. He's mine. No matter what his condition, no matter where he is, what's happened, he's mine. One day I was on his hands. Now, he's mine. Just get me to him, and we'll take it from there. And you know, let's talk about those things that she carried that morning were precious ointments, precious spices. They had value. They had worth. They, they had potential for what they could do. But for her, all of that was meaningless. If she couldn't meet him. He is what gave it all. Value. We can have nice buildings. Nice cars. Fancy furniture. Nice music instruments. All of that. But it's worthless. Without him. We can live pious lives. We can to the world. You know look sanctimonious. And all dressed up and polished up. But if he's not on the inside. We're just going through the motions. It's just an empty shell. But he gives everything it's worth. And that's what she was saying. None of this is worth anything if I can't be in his presence. One more time. Sir, if thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when it said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins ye retain unto them, they are retained. He's giving it, this is uh, co-equality. This is what was broken at the transgression in Eden, restored by the second Adam. Now there is no difference between his word and her word. Oh, listen, friends tonight. Amen. When Ahasuerus was king and Esther was made queen, she was offered up to half the kingdom. I believe when uh, the little girl danced before Herod, she was offered up to half the kingdom. But with God, it is not so. 
He has shared the kingdom with you. You don't have a half of it, amen. Whatsoever they shall say in my name, I shall give it, amen. He's amening what you say. Oh my. There's so much could be said here. But I think about the the little Hattie Wright, you know. They're at the table with God's prophet and those other ministers. And he's talking about how the scroll was created. And one brother's praying, oh, Lord, if this be so, let Brother Branham find that other squirrel, you know. If this be so, you know. And But she said, that's nothing but the truth. And the Holy Spirit swept down into that place. A super anointing, I believe, Brother Branham said. And the Holy Spirit said unto him, whatsoever she says, you give it unto her. And Brother Branham said, Sister Hattie, amen, the Holy Spirit has spoken. Whatsoever you desire, whatsoever you ask, I give it unto you in the name of the Lord, or I'm a false prophet. Amen. Hey, oh my. Hey, amen. There was a oneness. There was a unity there. Amen. Where whatsoever she said God was going to grant it to her. Amen. The prophet even staked his own reputation. God would grant her desire. Oh, my. Now I need to find a place to close. Lord, help me tonight. Oh, my. We've seen the progressive revelation. You know, I'll try to move through this quickly, and I I am watching the time. Adam one day found his wife having stepped out into temptation having been beguiled by the serpent and had fallen from her estate from her position as mrs adam co-equality all of those things but adam amen representing as a son of god the very attribute of god stepped out and joined into the transgression with her to redeem her back why because, and I'm going back to a little further into the scripture, because remember now, follow me, in Eden, when God made all of the lower forms of life, the male was the most beautiful creature. But when God made something in his own image, the more beautiful expression was still contained within Adam as a mystery. Is that right? Showing what God would do in Christ. Amen. Because he was not like the lower life forms. He was created in the image of God. Amen. And there was something contained within him that was yet a mystery. Amen. But when it would come forth and be expressed. Amen. It wasn't a part of him. It was him. Amen. Adam was made from the dust of the earth. The substance of his body came from the very dust. But when Eve was formed, God did not reach into the dust. He reached into Adam, showing that she was the expression of what came from his very heart. So when she fell, Brother Josh, Adam could not call for another helpmate because there was no other helpmate for him. He stepped down to lift her back, amen, just as Christ would do at Calvary. Hallelujah. She wasn't just his. She was him expressed in a different form. She was the more glorious expression of what had been contained within him as a mystery. 
That's why the Bible says in Isaiah, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was smitten. He was bruised. We, we, we did esteem him. Those things, amen. But her, amen, she is dressed in the glory and splendor of his righteousness. And it takes nothing away from him for her to be the display of his glory. Hallelujah. The three Hebrew children. You know, they were standing there in Babylon that day. And I'm sure you all are familiar with the story. Just like many of our young people today, they had to stand apart from the world and not be molded and shaped and rebranded by the world that surrounded them. So they had to stand apart. And they, there they stood. And, 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 and Daniel being their brother and, and Daniel having been given a, 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 a throne in the kingdom or, or, or a place of authority, this image had been created, this, this image Nebuchadnezzar had constructed. And if you follow this very closely, it was an image the prophet said to Daniel. So if you think about this, this was Nebuchadnezzar's recreation of what to him the prophet was. And then he forced all of the subjects of his kingdom to bow and worship what he had created as the tribute to the prophet's life and ministry. And these three Hebrew children who knew Daniel also knew Daniel's God. And they said, it is no despite, it is no disgrace, it, it is no, uh, you know, it, it's, 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 it's no disrespect to Daniel, that we don't bow to an image that you have formed to your idea of what his ministry is. In respects to God's prophet and in respects to his God, we will not bow. No matter how many chances, no matter how many opportunities, we don't need a second chance. We're going to act the second time and every other time the same way as this time. We're not going to bow. And so the prophet of God says, the, you know, as the furnace was heated up seven times hotter than it had ever been. And we know those men were being led, amen, down those, the pathway into that fiery furnace. Listen tonight. Now all the time there is something go on earth, going on on earth. There's something going on in heaven too. Got an awful picture here under consideration now of a believer going to his death. But let's turn our camera tonight towards heaven. And while things are going on down here, there's something going on up there. I can see God, the Son of God, sitting on the right hand looking down. I can hear an angel come and say, Lord, I am Gabriel with his great sword in his hand saying, Now, ever since the day that you created me, I've stood by your right side. I've done just what you told me to. Have you looked down at them witnesses this morning? They're fixing to burn up. Three witnesses. I can hear him say, I've watched them all night long. Oh, let me do go down. Gabriel said, I'll, I'll change the picture. I believe he could have done it. But he said, Gabriel, just put your sword back in its sheath. I can't let you go. Look, coming here to his left comes a great mighty angel by the name of Wormwood. He has controls of the water. And he falls before him prostrate and, prostrate and says, Lord, have you looked down at them witnesses? Why, they're fixing to burn them up this morning because they are witnessing to God. Yes, I've watched them. 
Let me go down. I'll wash Babylon off of the face of the earth. I believe that he could have done it. He said, you gave me the keys and, and during the time of the antediluvian world and I flooded the whole thing and washed it off for you. I'll do the same thing this morning. If you just give me the wind, I can hear him say, yes, Wormwood. That's right. You can do it. I know that you can do it, but I can't let you go. Why, Lord? Stand over here on my left side because I can't let you go. I'm going myself. Hey, man, I believe he was, Brother Jeremy, he was telling Michael, he was telling Gabriel, he was telling Wormwood, amen, down there on earth, those boys stood for me. They weren't standing for a pastor. They weren't standing for their parents. They weren't standing for a church. They weren't standing for a Hebrew identity. They were standing for me. And now I'm going to stand with them. They are mine. Hallelujah. And when they got into the midst of that fiery furnace, the only thing they found was that their captors were fallen and their bands were removed from their hands. And brother, they had a shouting, dancing, jubilee time. And God even made a pagan king testify. Didn't we throw three men in there? Because I see four. And the form of the fourth man is like unto the son of God. Hallelujah. Brother and sister, young man, young woman, keep standing. Stand for God. Bear the reproach. Don't listen to what anybody else says. You stand for him, and he'll stand with you. Amen. There was a young man one time who, who got, a, got an eye for the world and the things of the world and said, you know what, I'm going to cash out. I'm going to take my father's, my inheritance, and I'm going to go live it up. Some weeks or months later, he found himself bankrupt, slopping with the hogs, living lower than the servants did at his father's estate. And one day, the Bible says he came to himself. You see, he remembered whose he was. And I don't know how many vagrants and homeless people and... uh, Hobos traveled that road, but one day one young man come down that road that got the father's attention, and he got the attention of his household and said, go kill the fatted calf, bring out the special garment. That young man you see off in the distance coming through the sunset, that one's mine. Hallelujah. He's mine. He might have bankrupted his reputation. He might be penniless, but I'm not. Amen. His value was not in what he had become, but it was in who he had belonged to the entire time. And with no loss, the father opened his arms and embraced him and said, my son has come home again. He restored him back to everything he'd been the entire time. Oh my, you're his tonight. Is he yours? Amen. How many can say tonight, he's mine? I'm in it for the duration, I'm in it for the long haul. Hook, line, and sinker. I am my beloved's. And he is mine. I consign all my needs, all my cares, all my insufficiency, all my shortcomings, all my faults. I consign to him. He is my everything. He is my all. 
He is my everything, both great and small. Is he yours tonight, friends? Oh, my. As they come back to the music this evening. Amen. Your worth, your value tonight is derived from whose you are. We belong to him. He gives us a self-will. He gives us the ability to choose how we want to show our love, our appreciation, our loyalty. We choose how we express that to him. But he loves you all the same. In your good days, in your bad, when you're strong, when you're weak, your weaknesses give room for his strengths to be magnified. And if you can take the matter out of your hands tonight and put it back in his, he's the answer. He's the healing. He's the peace. He's the deliverance. I want to tell you tonight, there is a way back. There is a path back. And the Father is standing there with open arms, ready to receive you. Your testimony about him may change, but his testimony of you has never wavered. Go tell my disciples and Peter. I'll meet them there. And you know what I love about that? We didn't read it tonight. But he gathered, he regathered every one of those disciples. And it didn't matter if their faith was strong. It didn't matter if it was weak. He did whatever it took to reassure them that he was everything he was. Before he died and now risen again. And he and anchored his word within them. And said, go and tarry in the upper room until you be endued with power from on high. And when he came back, he made his claims. These are mine. Are you his tonight? Is he yours tonight? Praise God. Praise God. I'm a child of the king. Let's stand. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child of the king, his royal blood now flows through my veins, and I, who was wretched and poor, now can see, praise God. Praise God, I'm a child of... Let's get that first verse, if you will. Oh, once I was clothed in the rags of my sin. Was this you? Wretched and poor, lost and lonely within. But with wondrous compassion, the King of all kings, in pity and love, He took me under His wing. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm a child. I'm a child of the king 
is raw Your blood now flows through my veins And I, who was wretched and poor Now can sing Oh yes, praise God Praise God I'm a child of the King Oh now I'm a child With a heavenly home My Holy Father He has made me His own Oh, I'm cleansed By His blood And I'm clothed In His love Hallelujah And someday I will see with the angels above oh wave your hand in the air tonight Satan I'm a child of the king oh of the king his roar your blood oh it now flows through my veins and I who was wretched and poor I now can sing praise God praise God I'm a child of the King thank you Jesus he is my everything he is my all He is my everything both great and small He gave Himself for me Think about that He made everything new everything none other will do let's just sing it once more worship him with all your heart he is my everything he is my all oh he is my everything both great and small he gave himself for me he gave himself for me oh he made everything new he is my everything none other As we bow our heads for prayer this evening. There was a day in Jesus' life. When the religious leaders brought a woman to the Lord. To tempt him. With accusations. 
of things that in their minds made her worthy of death. They had their stones in their hand. They were ready to end her life. But they were surprised at Jesus' reaction. He knelt and he began writing in the sand. And whatever he wrote made every one of her accusers. Forget whatever it was they had come there for. Drop the stone and walk away. His presence made all of the claims against her unwelcome. And they were dismissed. But she remained. She was his. She was his all the time. And when he stood, he asked her, woman, hast thou any accusers? She said, none, Lord. Your presence drove it all away. And he said, neither do I condemn thee. Now go and sin no more. You know, we may look at that scripture and think, my, he gave her a tall order. He made a great demand of her. But he wasn't asking her to live a sinless life. The same words that spoke a creation into existence placed a protection over her life that would give her from himself the ability to live a life above sin. Go and sin no more wasn't a request. It was a decree and a protection that he gave to her as one of his own. Now tonight, whatever plagues your mind, your conscience, your memory, whatever rises up every time you ask the Lord for healing or for deliverance or for salvation, that too can be dismissed if you can come into his presence and realize that is something the devil tried to attach to you to brand you with his identity and take ownership but you never were the devil's and you never will be and whatever your need tonight I just wonder if you could lift your hand to the Lord and say Lord I'm yours these needs these weaknesses these things, Lord, in my life that I would so love to see vanish and disappear, Lord. I'm yours. And I'm placing all of this tonight in your hands here upon the altar, Lord, to leave it here. Say, Lord, you're mine and I'm yours. Take it, Lord. Take my life and let my life be a living sacrifice consumed by the very fire of God 
so that whatever rises or whatever results and comes from my life will be to your glory. Is that, will that be your prayer this evening? Friends, you fought the battle long enough. By now you should know it's more than you can win. Turn it over to him. Give the battle to the Lord. The victory is his. The glory is his. And he wants to share it with you. Just receive it by faith. Heavenly Father, Lord, with hands lifted and with hearts bowed, may the Holy Spirit, I pray, take the words that have been spoken tonight. Lord, and let it strike faith within the hearts of your children that when they go forth from this place of worship back to their homes, back to their their lives and school and work and whatever, Lord, Lord, may something abide with them. Your very presence, Lord, abide with them. God, to anchor their lives and to hold them, Lord, to secure them and to express your very life, your overcoming power through them, Lord, I pray. Lord, it's a late hour. It's a dark world we're living in. We want to be lights shining, Father. God, I just pray that whatever was shared tonight, Lord, would be an edification and strength to your children. Lord, we don't desire our glory. We desire for you to be glorified. In our lives, may you grant it, Father. In Jesus Christ's name we ask it. Thank you, Jesus. Give me the key of C, if you will. There, brother. In my life, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified.
Otherwise, we'll maybe just sing another course of worship as we prepare to be dismissed. God bless you. Greetings from the other saints, Apostolic Tabernacle, and our pastor, Brother Josh Bennett. We really enjoyed the, the marriage banquet y'all hosted on Saturday night. Thank you for inviting us to that. And we enjoy the fellowship we have with you all. And look forward to the day when we'll meet and never have to part again. Amen. Oh, my. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing the one of my favorites, the meeting in the air, key of G, if you will. Amen. How many is planning to be there at that meeting in the air? You have heard of little Moses in the pool. You have heard of fearless David and his sleep. You have heard the story told, dreaming Joseph and the Jonah and the well we often see. There are many, many others through the Bible. I should like to meet them all I do declare. Oh, by and by the Lord will surely let us meet them at that meeting in the air. Oh, there is going to be a meeting in the air, in the sweet, sweet by and by. I am going to meet you, meet you over there in that hole beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal which will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own Son will be the leading one at that meeting in the air. Many things will there be missing in that meeting, for the mourner's bench will have no place at all. There will never be a sermon preached to sinners, for the sinner had refused to heed the call. There will be no mourning over wayward loved ones. There will be no lonely nights of pleading prayer. All our burdens, all our burdens and our anguish will be lifted at that meeting. In the air, oh, there is going to be a meeting in the air, in the sweet, sweet by and by. I'm going to meet you, going to meet you, meet you over there in our home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. Will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own Son, He will be the leading one at that meeting in the end. There the doubters will be missing altogether. All the skeptics, skeptics will be absent on that day. There will be no grumblers present to disturb us. And the Aikens will be busy far away. There the saints will have his seal upon their foreheads. Dressed in raiment none but ransom ones can wear. All who have the wedding garments will be present at that meeting in the air. Oh, there is going to be a meeting 
in the air in the sweet, sweet bar. And you can be dismissed tonight. I am going to meet you, meet you over there in that hole beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. Glorious I do declare. And God's own Son will be the leading one at that meeting in the end. Amen. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to meet you at the meeting in the air. You have that confidence tonight. God bless you. You can be dismissed in the fear of the Lord till we meet again. In that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear. Will be glorious, I do declare. And God's own Son will be the leading one at that meeting in the air. Oh, there is going to be a meeting in the air. In the sweet, sweet by and by. I am going to meet you, meet you over there, in that home beyond the sky. Such singing you will hear, never heard by mortal ear, which will be glorious, I do declare.